Season 3, Episode 44 of the ASI Podcast, The Cold Never Bothered Me Anyway. I can relate to that line, man, more than you know. Forgiveness, grace, reconciliation. Do we just forgive and forget? Is, is that even possible, really, honestly? How do you forgive? I've been asked that question more than once. Oh yeah, I know this tension that you speak of But we prefer to pretend it does not exist Forgiveness and grace. Um, when we forgive someone, we are we are releasing a kind of uh, spiritual energy. The Bible talks about this a lot in in the Lord's Prayer. This is in in the Lord's Prayer, right? Um, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive the trespasses of others. Right? Protect us. Keep us from the evil one. These, these kinds of things. But a big part of this is that, that energy of forgiveness. And um, sometimes we can forgive someone and still not be reconciled. But I wanted to talk about the um, emotional and spiritual energy behind that. I've heard a lot of folks, being that I am in the ministry of talking to people who have a hard time with their sexual behavior, right? Having a hard time with self-control. Um, people who are married to people who have a hard time with sexual self-control. People who are in recovery for sexual addiction. Um, and, and, and the spouses that are with them that have chosen to stick by their side and the cooperation that needs that needs to take place for both um, the person sinned against and the person in recovery, the person repenting of that sin for them to be reconciled. Uh, and I, and I, I thought of this analogy. It's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's, it's fairly comedic, but... I think it's a good analogy, good metaphor. Um, there is, uh, th there's a difference between when you forgive someone, um, you are releasing that energy that you would like ought, right? You have ought towards them or that you would like something bad to happen to them. Uh, forgiveness is a one-way road. It is I forgive you. No matter what you did, I'm going to forgive you. Now, for us to be reconciled in relationship, that person would have to say, okay, I'm sorry, please forgive me, and then have some kind of uh, right work towards reconciling what had happened to injure or, you know, in the case of, of sexual addiction or... Sexual. Um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to find the words here. Being being sinned against sexually, right? Being the victim of a betrayal. Uh, I, I want to see you change. I I need to see some kind of change in you before I can trust you again. Because you know it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. 
and some folks will lead a double life and they aren't sure why some of them I wasn't sure why what was going on in me why living a double life seemed to be the way to go even though it was incredibly difficult to keep the you know the energy of these two identities going um but I, I wasn't really sure who I was. I got to this certain point where I wasn't really sure who I was as the offender. So it takes one person to forgive. It takes two people to reconcile. And so I, I thought of this metaphor of, uh, you know, you hear these, these stories of these Haitian witch doctors, right? And they'll put a hex on people and stuff like that. And, and this idea of the voodoo doll that came out, you know, this you see that in movies and stuff like that. And the idea of, of hurting someone else without you being present to see it happen or without them even knowing that it's you hurting them, you know, this kind of passive aggressive kind of energy that comes out of a person that that is unforgiving you know so imagine if the Haitian witch doctor started his own software company and he came out with the voodoo doll app right so all you'd have to do is go on to the uh, the the iTunes store or right the Google Play um or for you guys with Zune, whatever, I'm sure that it wouldn't be on Zune yet, right? You'd, you'd have to wait for, for your, your Windows phone. <laughs> I don't, I'm making jokes, right? It would be available for Android and, and, and iTunes, but, you know, if you wanted to download the Haitian Witch Doctors Voodoo Doll app and you had a Windows phone, you, you'd probably have to wait a few months while they worked out the bugs. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just threw that in there. Anyway, um, so... Imagine if you had that app, if that app was available and you could put the phone number in, right, or download the uh, Facebook profile of the person that you wanted to uh, make a voodoo doll of, and then you could, put, you know, just on your touch screen, have a picture of them and just, you know, touch parts of their body and have them reel in pain. How many of us would do that, right? I'm sure that would be a trending new application. <laughs> in the in the iTunes and the Google Play Store. It's a funny metaphor, but how many of us, if that technology was available, would use it on people that we really haven't forgiven? Does that make sense? See, it's not that the relationship, and some folks band with their parents are like this. Like, I love my mom and dad. I want to have a relationship with them, but because of the way they behave and because of their attitudes or because of the the sin that they've caused against me and aren't, aren't really sorry for or you know um i, I just I, I don't want to bring here's another example a story of a woman who was sexually abused by her father for years and yeah he asked for forgiveness and and she forgave him and he forgave her but he still uh he still goes to certain parts of town that he ought not. Um, having her right husband who knows a thing or two about computers come over to his house to fix his computer when it had crashed because of all the, you know, free porn sites that he had been going to. Now, that guy may be, um, he may be authentic in his being sorry, but is he repentant in his actions and his behavior? And for that woman to bring her grandkids over to that guy's house would be irresponsible. So she can forgive her grandfather and her grandfather may be pained in his heart that he doesn't get to see his grandkids, but there is a reconciliation that needs to take place. But for her to have that open love in her heart not to use the voodoo doll application on her father but be rooting for his repentance be rooting for him to change be rooting for him to to get some help that they could you know i mean yeah he's met his grandkids in a you know a park where everybody was there but grandpa's not babysitting on the weekends man it's just not gonna happen and that pains her inside, and it pains him. But because of her 
worldview, this this Christian worldview, um, she sees her father through different eyes, and he, man, he just doesn't get it. He needs to, he doesn't understand the difference between repentance and recovery, and uh, right, wearing an ankle bracelet, being on a list, like he gets that. He gets the uh, the consequences for his sin, but he doesn't want to call it sin, you know, right? So I hope that makes sense and maybe clears up the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Reconciliation is a two-way street, and, and it sometimes, man, I'll be honest with you, some of you who crave and want reconciliation, you may not get it, man. You may not get it in this life. You may not get it in this life. And I just pray that, you know, we, as we enter into heaven and, and God burns off all of our iniquities and all of our, you know, the, the disease and the affliction that's in our heart, that we can be reconciled beyond the grave. Um, but here in this life, it, it may not happen. But for you to see yourself as not just the victimized but the victimizer and you know maybe with your kids started doing this with our kids we went to AC3 in Marysville and, and Pastor Rick talking about you know um, conflict resolution from the Christian perspective and, and saying things like you know I'm sorry when you've hurt someone why is that so hard to do some of us just have a lot of pride. We have a defense attorney that jumps up on our shoulder and, and, and starts to, you know, yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm wrong, but, but you, you know, I'm totally guilty of that. I get in relationship with a, with a friend and we go a little deeper than most relationships because we're, you know, we got that behind the counter kind of thing going on, Right behind-the-counter metaphors like this mercantile exchange. Most of the people we see in our lives are on that side of the counter, right? The customers, the people that, that come in. We, we talk to them. We may know their names, but they don't come behind the counter. There's a select few that come behind the counter. It's a metaphor that Charles Stanley came up with that I love. It's so true. Very few of us have behind-the-counter relationships. But when we get those relationships and someone calls us out, man, I'm the first guy to to get all defensive <laughs> and I'm still being right learning to be humble learning to to take some personal stock of myself right and to, to, to realize that energy rising up in me and to say okay maybe I, I, I should look at this before I get all defensive maybe I should see if there's something in me that I should apologize for or have I offended my brother? See, the Bible says that God looks on the heart, all right? That man tends to look on outward appearances, right? Results, that kind of thing, even surface behaviors. Um, man looks at that stuff. God looks at the heart, the motivation behind it. Matthew five twenty two, Jesus says that, you know, if you get angry with your brother and you know even the the anger that you have towards your brother that would have you um, lash out with words like uh, raka which was a a word in in ancient times that meant to it meant to strike right it meant to to shame to belittle um shouting f you at someone in our culture would be a very similar response verbally to another person. So what Jesus is saying here that it's it's not just murder, right? Like the Pharisees think they're pretty cool cuz they haven't murdered anyone and Jesus, you know, he's raising the bar on what these guys, you know, are calling sin and he's talking about the desire to do so. Like if you have thought about it, if you want to, like the, the desire to, to even verbally strike someone is, is like murdering someone in, in your heart. And it, it holds and, and has the same, right, the same punitive response from God. 
how much listeners really how much anxiety could be relieved by us just realizing that that he loves us and that it's you know it's predestined the bible says that those that he's loved he's predestined to be with him that we would just you know calm some of the anxiety of our heart let our let our hearts rest by simply bending our knee in submission to the inevitable right he loves you. He's he's not a helicopter parent, but he is he is there, right? He does he does love you and he is wooing you and he is pulling and guiding and shepherding you towards him. It's always him coming after us. It's not us finding God, right? That's the truth. We don't find God. God finds us. Some of that bitterness, you know, that that lodges itself in our heart, and whether it's, you know, this it turns in, it, it has the the power to turn into a kind of a passive aggressive thing. I, I think that, you know, we get in recovery groups and we just talk about what you know blocking software we have, or you know, we tell our accountability partner about our thoughts, life, or you know, uh, what I looked at, what I didn't look at, and it can become kind of shallow when it comes to really the roots and the, and the things that are giving birth to the behaviors that crawl around on the surface, right? And it also goes into forgiving ourselves. And, and for me, forgiving myself was a huge, hard one to deal with. A lot of it had to do with self-image and how I saw myself. And I didn't really like myself, especially when I had failed over and over and over again. But the truth is that getting into your the smartphone in your soul, so to speak, and going in and deleting the voodoo doll application, right? Having to continually maybe do that every day, that will help with your self-image because the way you see yourself is the way you see others and if you want to put a pin in the throat of your enemy um, there is something that points back to ourselves in that right and over and over again in the bible when the disciples right when people ask jesus questions he tells stories, right? They just want a yes or no question. They want a cut and dry answer. 
And sometimes life is more complex than that. And that's part of the mystery, right? That's part of this, you know, finding out and learning and discovering who God is and his character and, and his mercy and his justice. The book of Matthew, chapter 18, has been the go-to book for church discipline, solving church conflicts, stuff like that. It's red letter. It's the words of Jesus. But, but yeah, that, that's one of the things that they seem to get frustrated with. And a lot of us get frustrated with, if we're honest. Um, we want answers and God tells stories. So this guy, you know, they're talking about this stuff about, you know, forgiveness and reconciliation and, you know, settling conflicts and disputes. And, and so he says, okay, well, if, if it's seven times that I have, uh, you know, downloaded the, the Voodoo Doll app and have wanted to drive a nail into the, uh, the nether regions of the person that, you know, uh, I downloaded this app about because I'm angry at them or frustrated with them or they're on my list, right? I've got a caption above the little voodoo doll on the little voodoo doll app that says Bob, right? And Bob is going to get a attack in his shoulder if I'm nice. The disciples are like, okay, so how often should I go into my app manager on my tablet and, 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 right? <laughs> when I feel that rise up in me, how often should I go in and, and delete this application that's in my heart and in my spirit to want, you know, want ought for this person? How, how often should I forgive this person? Is it seven times, Jesus? How about, how about seven times? Is that cool? And Jesus answers seven times seven. How about 77 times seven? Or, and then he tells a story. And the story is uh, the parable of the unforgiving debtor. If you haven't read it, I challenge you to check it out. Um, I, I've read it on the show more than once. It's in Matthew 18, verse 21. Uh, maybe that's a little homework for you, is to go back and, and read that story. On the last episode with my uh, talk that I had, the interview with uh, Nate Larkin, I love Nate Larkin. We were talking about, you know, sin and addiction. And I talked about how, you know, I considered myself an ex-addict. And the reason being, that's fairly controversial and maybe that has something to do with it. You know, I don't say things that are shocking just to be shocking, but I do want to push the envelope a little bit and get people to think about how we define words, you know. I like the word addiction. If you look it up in the dictionary, it's a bad habit, all right? You simply have a bad habit. Does that mean I'm not tempted? No, it doesn't. I'm still tempted, right? Catching my eyeballs feasting on something that I know is is wrong, you know, dwelling on that, having to repent of that, to change that. And I've really noticed that what it is is getting underneath this kind of hard-heartedness that it usually has to do with something that we're not talking about, we're not communicating about, that we're, you know, some unsaid words or, you know, some kind of a, a conflict or dispute that either I just need to let go or I need to talk about it so we can both work it out. I get you, you get me, we're on the same page and coming together and it's just beautiful. It's intimacy. It's being naked with your clothes on, you know, because you're interacting with one another, you're being vulnerable and you're being accepted naked and unashamed but more often than not when we don't want to or fearful or we just get into a habit of isolation our hearts get hard and that's what Jesus touches on in that story with the debtor he's like the guy's heart was so hard that even though he'd been forgiven this massive debt he had to go after this other guy for this little this little $20 debt. Grab him by the throat. Because that, that hardness and sickness was in his heart. 
the definition of sin in the Old Testament, you know, going through the Ten Commandments, and then Jesus in Matthew 5 redefining sin, not really redefining it, but just showing the deeper roots of it into the motives of why we do it. So sin isn't just the action, sin is the why and the motivation and the hard, stubborn, frozen heartedness. My kids are grown now and we don't watch as many animated movies as we used to. I like animated movies just for the stories. There's some great storytelling in these movies. And when I heard that the movie Frozen, the Disney movie Frozen, had broke records for uh, animated film, like it's the most watched and seen animated film of all time. It did better at the box office than any other animated film in history. And there's something to that. Like what kind of a story is this that it touched so many people the way it did? And that's the cool, funny thing about the film is that when it first opened in theaters, it didn't get that great of reviews. Um, the song came out, and the song hit the charts. It was on the charts. I think it's still on the charts. Um, from what I understand, reading some articles about it, I read an article in the Guardian newspaper, and they were talking about the song. And when the song first came out, it was the, you know, it had a pop star. Uh, I forget her name, Lovato, whatever her name is, Demi Lovato, um, first released the song, and it didn't do that well. But they were talking about, you know, the film after the film had released. Now, here's another thing about the song. The song changed the direction of the film. They had writ wrote this song as they were putting together the film and writing the story. And for years, I guess, Disney, you know, talked about having this ice queen kind of villain that would be, you know, be a cool uh, way to add to all the different Disney villains and stuff, right? The Wicked Witch, and now you got the ice queen. How cool would that be, right? So they wrote this song, and the song is, is, is different. The song is kind of open-ended. The song doesn't really point to a direct foe or villain, right? If anything, it's that motivation of heart that, that, that we would, you know, the, the song and the film would climax on this letting go. Some great themes to think about when it comes to forgiveness and grace, reconciliation, making amends. Um, Gary Small, he's a Christian author, he does conferences, and and uh, his son now is, is following in his footsteps and doing conferences, writing books on marriage and relationship and Christian living when it comes to that kind of thing, right? And and Gary Small had this great metaphor of, of, of the clenched fist, right? Like, you know when you've clenched your wife's heart up like a fist, or your kids, and their hearts are closed towards you, Right? It doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to know that you know, you've offended someone, you've hurt them, and their heart is closed towards you. Now, whether that is because of something you did or not, or if it's just mainly a misunderstanding, some of that can be true. Most of it, when it comes to making amends, is because we've sinned against someone else. We've hurt them, and their heart's closed towards us. So it's, it's helping them let go, right? It's, it's getting involved in their story. It's climbing inside the bubble that may be their isolation and, and helping them to release that tightly clenched fist that is the cold heart, the hard heart, wounded heart. Um, healing a wounded heart, right? It takes time and it takes effort and it takes, man, it takes relationship. You can be, you know, it's like D Dustin Daniels said, you can be forgiven and still not healed. It's important to be healed, all right? That's the point of letting go. That's the point of, uh, you know, the beauty that is life in a fallen world. The vintage, you know, pieces of old that look beautiful and new brought into a new light and listen it's not this big daunting task that you have to do you know it's this 
that's what's cool about the Frozen story is the climax and she's singing that song and it is a release it's a freedom it's it's a it's a freedom cry it is what it is heart fully alive and free it's the glory of God in the human heart it's beautiful to behold and it is freeing to experience and it's funny how in the Christian narrative like that makes a lot more sense than just let let it go like that can be kind of vague like what what do you mean let it go let go of what what are you talking about it's letting go of that hardness of heart it's not just you know forgive and forget but it's letting go of that hardness of heart it, it's huge it's a huge paradigm shift in storytelling as far as Disney films are concerned anyway I thought it was beautiful it's even starting the process of this, you know, reckless abandon, letting go of a deeply rooted hard-heartedness. And it's it's just a beautiful. And here's another thing: it doesn't it doesn't um, like the kind of in American storytelling. There's been this kind of cowboy, you know, character, especially for men and men's stories, right? Or action movies, I should say, that are aimed at, you know, male consumption when it comes to some of these movies. Like First Blood, for example. It, it takes this, this idea, you know, it shatters this self-isolated empowerment idea. Like, I have this struggle and I can do it all on my own and I don't need anybody else's help. And, you know, the cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> Attitude. It takes that... And, and busts it up some. And much like the Frozen story, for women and men, sex is this powerful energy, this powerful thing, power that's, it just, it, it, it perviates, impermeates all our lives. Impurviates. <laughs> A little Freudian slip there. I don't know. You know, it's like, it's, it's just it, shame. Fear, disappointment, right? Um, our own sexual identities. We have a sexual identity. Like, what is that? Right? This is a powerful, powerful thing. It's this powerful gift that can feel like a, a blessing and a curse, right? Depending on how you use it. It's very much like the X-Men, that part of the frozen story you know these young people who are have this mutation it's called in the speak in the narrative and they're like teenagers who don't know whether to right is this a gift or a curse what do i do with this who am i right who am i with this certain gift or thing that i have what i have to offer who, who am i right sexually speaking that's that's a big question how we define love and what does it mean to be naked in front of someone else right so i'll leave you with a piece of music it's actually the male version of the frozen theme song uh i played a bumper of it with my interview with my friend pico neal a few episodes ago but and I know ladies I know you're listening but this is kind of one for the guys <laughs> the song anyway uh, for us to digest some think about let it wash over our hearts maybe this whole app metaphor had me thinking about social norms and learning you know the way our characters develop as as individuals through these emotional habits and the people we grow up around and if anything hopefully I've helped you see that maybe there's an application right this kind of voodoo doll type of application in your heart that you may be able to see now that you can deal with these applications of shame and fear I mean they can run rampant throughout our lives and they're always 
back there in the background, you know, and we're going after the behavior on the surface while what if it's fueled by this the shackles of shame and fear? It's just a just a question, right? Something to realize. Delete those apps, right? Without going in and right, going into your app manager and deleting that. It's a cool metaphor, but you know, it may take more work than that. But releasing it, letting go, as the song would say, uh, it, it is freeing. It is beautiful. It is part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That God would come into this earth, the grand miracle, C.S. Lewis called it. C.S. Lewis said that the grand miracle isn't that, you know, uh, Moses, right, and God would part the Red Sea, or, you know, all these animals would get on an ark, or, you know, the grand miracle, Lewis said, is the character of God and the beauty of the fact that God comes into human history as a man and, and enters into the filth and the muck and the, gets in it with us, right? And through a giant, huge leap and an act of love, he lets the debt against us go. And that's, that's letting go. And when that can impact and collide with our heart, and we can... release that onto others in our lives. It is a freeing experience. Love frees the heart and the soul. More love equals more life. And man, over and over again, the cold heart, the hard heart is just freezing people out. Alright? That Here's the deal. If you study sexual addiction and how to treat folks who suffer from it, alright? I'll let you behind the counter as a guy who studies that kind of thing. Um, whether you're coaching or counseling, what, what the truth of the matter is, is that sex addicts are usually pretty angry people inside. The reason we struggle with anger is because we don't know how to communicate properly. And it's a lot easier to just be bitter than it is to engage, right? That word intimacy. It's like uh, our, our pastor said, you know, into me see, right? Um, can, you, can you see? Can you understand? Can you take enough time to understand my position before you just, right, freak out or overreact or jump to conclusions, right? This is, this is dealing and settling the anger that's in the heart. And anger isn't bad, all right? The Bible says, be angry if someone sins against you, but do not sin, right? Learn better coping skills when it comes to conflict resolution. That's Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Um, the New Living Translation says it this way. I love this. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. You take a smart, witty person who has, you know, some kind of fear of relationship or intimacy, and you turn them inside out into this passive-aggressive with a double life, double mind, this, this churning storm of of anger inside that, you know, the, the stuff that needs to be communicated never gets out. That's when a person becomes the true villain of their life. It's when they just let that anger rule. Let that, you know, I, I got these, this debt, grabbing the other guy by the throat, right, or girl, and just constantly having that thing in them that, 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 you know, ah, I, you owe me, right? It's 
breaking that again. It's breaking that. And and this is this is my my question to you. What about you behind your eyes, right? What about you, the person in your story, which is you? I want you to realize tomorrow after you get done listening to this that your ripple effect and what it would be like if you just let it go. If you took those little thoughts, those little frozen, isolated you know, you owe me kind of thoughts and let them go. You behind your eyes, right? Not, not Demi Lovato, <laughs> right? Um, going back to what I was talking about earlier, I was, didn't really finish my thought there. Um, I, I tend to do that sometimes. <laughs> I get distracted. Demi Lovato was the first to uh, release the single... Uh, let it go for the Frozen movie. She's a pop star. They figure if she did it, you know, it'll be some album sales and get some good marketing out of it. And it barely got any radio airplay. Um, it made it after two months. It peaked at number ten on the charts. So I, I don't know. I wasn't there, and I'm trying to, you know, get into some of why this happened. Uh, couldn't really figure that out. Uh, the Guardian had some speculation on it. I read an article in the Rolling Stone about it. But, you know, I figure that the Disney marketers thought to themselves, well, kids and people who watched this movie saw the character Elsa, right? The Ice Queen, or whatever you want to call her, Ice Princess, sing this song... And when they hear the cover by Demi Lovato, they're not hearing this character. They're not hearing the the person. And maybe they have a, a you know, they have a, a attachment to this character because a lot of people can relate to her, right? So what if she sang the song? The person who played the voice of Elsa in the film. And that's exactly what happened. So in January... Disney starts promoting the original song, you know, played in the movie by the original person who sang in the movie. Uh, Adina Menzel, I believe is her name. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. By mid-January, it hit number one on the Billboard charts. It sold one million copies. And in February, it won the Academy Award for Best Original Song in a motion picture. And I tell you that because, you know, how many of us are trying to live some kind of cover version life, right? That God wants our story, our original story, sung by us, the character in his drama, so to speak, right? We don't get to choose the life we live. We don't get to choose our parents' Most times we don't get to choose where we are on the map, on this big blue dot of God's GPS on the universe, right? But you're important. Again, the Bible talks about this God knowing us very, very intimately, knowing us from the womb, knowing how many hairs are on our head, not distant, telling us to pray Keep asking, keep searching, keep knocking on the door, talking to him. You behind your eyes. And if we rest just long enough to hear him knocking, coming after us, and for us to put a hand up, grab that door that we hear the knocking on the other side of it, open it. That's, that's fulfilling that. And it's, it's living a story that's worth telling, right? That's worth... Uh, Donald Miller has a new book out called Storyline. He has a whole kind of a life coaching uh, experience to it that people can sign up for. And he talks about how in every interesting story, you have a character that wants something. And they go through some kind of adversity to get what they want or what they're after God puts in the heart of man eternity right some of what we're searching for is, is farther out than we know 
Um, but again, love, grace, peace, the fruit of the Spirit starts to, to flow out of seeking these things as we live out our story. It's something to think about. Is that you behind your eyes? Being mindful of the fact that maybe we're not moving our story forward. That maybe, you know, we become content with a boring story, with a boring unfolding day and just again like Nate Larkin said with the Samson story are we going to be Samson grinding away at the wheel every day of our life or are we going to be more like David who's continually you know working to solve conflicts right and continuing to war against what's dark and evil life choking out you know pushing back what's hurting and, and and oppressing people are we gonna right what kind of story are we living it's another movie I saw recently the secret life of Walter Mitty <laughs> talk about another story of of exposing a, a a double life sort of a way it's a great film by Ben Stiller <laughs> it's kind of kind of silly sort of a comedy but again it's, it's one of those movies you see that makes you makes you want to live makes you want to push, makes you want to uh, live a more interesting story, see life as more of an adventure. Like Paul said in, in, in the book of uh, Romans, in Romans 12, talking about the definition of worship. It's one of my passions and one of the biggest themes of this ministry is realizing the definition of worship, right? That in Romans 12, you know, Paul talking about the, the fact that our lives are being poured out every day. Right, as an like an offering, just being just being poured out. That's what our life is. In in our life, maybe we can repent of living kind of a boring story, right? See, it's kind of like when we're trying to perform for everyone else, it comes off as that, uh, you know, dry Demi Lovato version of our life. But when we really perform. An original for our creator an audience of, of one right that is God when we perform for him he, he's looking for that that original thing that's in us that's our life that's exclusively and uniquely us and our story we can live from there man it's, it's just beautiful it's it's messy but messy beautiful a more original, authentic, less sugar-coated and influenced by, you know, the, the culture that's trying to get you to cover, right? Make it look shinier and prettier. Maybe an original is what God's after and maybe an original you moving forward in your story would be that way more interesting, fulfilling life. It's taking a step towards opening that book and writing a new chapter of your life. One of forgiveness and grace, making amends, confession, reconciliation, right? These things don't happen on their own. It takes some effort on our part to get that. This is economy too man this is something that's it's leaving a ripple effect that that goes beyond this life there's treasures that we have here that are just going to go away that are just going to fade they're just going to rust out they're going to right material stuff the things we spend so much time and energy chasing are not nearly as important as important as these things man as having a well-rounded, robust, beautifully interesting story. That's it. This has been episode 44 of the ASI Podcast. My name is Russ Shaw. My email, russ at asi247.org. Is this making any sense to you at all? Yeah, send me an email. I'd we'll rap, we'll chat. I, I'll get back to you 
I promise I answer every single email. Sometimes it takes me a little longer than <laughs> for some than others, but uh, but I do. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm gonna leave you with a cover version of of Let It Go, <laughs> but it's a male cover version, which is cool, right? Because there's mostly guys listen listening. I know there's ladies out there. I know you listen, but uh, this is one for the dudes. Um, that and I can't play the original because of copyright, right? I can I can play a cover, but I can't play the original. But it's cool to hear this sung from a male standpoint uh, because because it is right. Us guys can relate to that that song as well. So uh, I'll leave you with that. Until next time. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate it more than you know. Till next time. Later. And that's bye. The snow glows white on the mountain night. Not a footprint to be seen. A kingdom of isolation. And it looks like I'm the king. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside. I couldn't keep it in. Heaven knows I've tried. Don't let them in, don't let them see Be the good guy you always had to be Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know Well now they know Let it go, let it go Can't hold it back anymore Let it go, let it go Turn my back and slam the door And here I'll stay Let it go, let it go The cold never bothered me anyway It's funny how some distance Makes everything seem small And the fears that once controlled me Can't get to me at all Up here in the cold thin air I finally can breathe I know I left a life behind But I'm too relieved to grieve Let it go, let it go Can't hold it back anymore Let it go, let it go Turn my back and slam the door And here I stand And here I'll stay Let it go, let it go The cold never bothered me anyway Standing frozen in the life I've chosen You won't find me The past is all behind me Let it go, let it go Can't hold it back anymore Let it go, let it go Can't hold it back anymore Let it go, let it go Turn my back and slam the door And here I stand Here